Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the big show, the Great America Show. Truth, justice, and the American way, and we have a great show for you today. As promised, our special guest today is the 45th President of the United States, our greatest president, in my opinion. We'll be taking up the threats and challenges to America, the axis of evil, Russia and China, and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The Marxist forces arrayed against the United States and our wide-open southern border, and a president who refuses to take a cognitive test. We'll be talking about all of that and more with former President Donald J. Trump in just a matter of moments here today. Democrats are watching the public opinion polls with increasing wariness. In part, the Dems are more anxious because not even a foreign war has been enough to boost President Biden's poll numbers. High inflation and rising gas prices weighing on the budgets of American workers and families. Those opinion polls won't be helped by Biden's decision to end the Title 42 order to remove illegal immigrants to Mexico and their home countries. And now President Biden has ordered immigration and customs enforcement judges to dismiss cases of those who haven't entered the country recently. And things aren't getting any better for Kamala Harris either. She's been under wraps since she got back from her disastrous European trip and her staff turmoil goes on. The vice president's deputy chief of staff is the latest to depart. Michael Fuchs becomes the 11th of her staffers to walk out the door, the 11th staffer to quit the Harris staff since last June. It is quite simply a mess and not getting noticeably better. With most of the country critical of Biden and his policies, worried about the direction our country is headed, and watching the reversal of the Trump economy, and parents fighting back against the Marxist forces that threaten their rights to know what happens in their public schools. There's a general feeling that we'd all be a lot better off if Donald Trump were still in the White House. We have with us today the man that many, if not most Americans, would far prefer be leading the nation in these perilous times, former President Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, a delight to have you with us. We really appreciate your time. It's a difficult, complex time for millions and millions of Americans. And we have a White House that has just experienced extraordinary collapses in polling, Americans expressing no confidence in this president at all. I'd like to get your reaction to what we're experiencing. Well, I don't think we've ever had a time quite like it. I don't think our country has ever felt so low or been so low. I don't believe there's ever been an embarrassment like what we're going through. If you look at our borders, and I think specifically what happened in Afghanistan, where uh, we surrendered, uh, there was no reason. You know, we we didn't lose a soldier in 18 months. Uh, they were not going to mess around with us, and for some reason, we just cut and ran. And 
dead soldiers, 13, and badly, badly wounded soldiers that people don't talk about, and I mean legs and arms and and beyond. It's uh, it's really, there's never been a, a time like this, and now you have the inflation and you have the energy problem. We were energy independent a year and a half ago, and now we're asking OPEC to help us and Venezuela to help us. And now we have China and Russia negotiating our deal, our horrible, uh, the Iran nuclear deal, which I terminated. And we're, we would have made a deal within one week if the election weren't rigged. And now I have, we, we have them to think of it. Russia and China are negotiating our Iran nuclear deal, which we shouldn't be doing, which I terminated. And now they're going to make an even worse one, which is hard to believe. So, no, we've never had a time. I think we've never had a time where we've been so low. And I, I do believe, Lou, that the uh, embarrassment that we suffered in Afghanistan, which we're still suffering with hostages over there and leaving $85 billion worth of equipment behind is not even imaginable. I, I think that was really a, a very big moment. And it's, that moment uh, is in uh, contrast to a, a president right now who, on one trip to Europe, uh, to talk with NATO in that summit, uh, addressing the issue of the Russian invasion uh, and war uh, against Ukraine, I made, by my count, five gaps, quote unquote, misstatements. Your reaction as you're watching him on the on this on this stage in this critical moment in our history? Well, there were five, but there were many more than that. And even yesterday, talking about uh, the wife being the vice president and so many other things. I mean, it's. It's a very, uh, very serious thing that's going on. People would laugh or they'd smile, but we're talking about the destiny of this country, of our country and the world to a large extent because of the power of the weaponry, the power of nu- numerous types of weaponry, frankly. And uh, it's a very serious situation that's going on. But uh, the world is no longer respecting us. They're no longer listening to us. In certain cases, as you know, they're not even returning the president's phone call, which is unthinkable. It's unthinkable to see what's going on. You wouldn't think it would be even possible. But, And it's very embarrassing to have a staff correcting so often. You know, they, they put out corrections almost every time he makes a statement. And in some ways, they're better off not putting out the correction because it makes us look worse. You're better off mm-hmm. trying to hope nobody was listening but it's uh, it's a very serious situation. I think our country's never been in this position where we're no longer respected as a country. We're no longer respected for our leadership, and we had it so strong. We had everything going. The biggest tax cut, the biggest regulation cuts in history. Uh, we had it going. We were respected by everybody, and China was paying us billions and billions of dollars. They never paid ten cents in taxes and and uh, tariffs. They paid us billions. We saved our steel industry. We saved our auto industry. And so many things we did that was so great. And, and we were just cruising. And uh, now you look at what's going on with inflation. You know, we had no inflation. There was no inflation. Right. There was no supply chain problem. Supply chain, nobody ever even talked about it. It was like an automatic. And uh, nobody ever heard the term even supply chain uh, this was a thing that was taken care of, automatically adjusted and took care of itself. And now it's a disaster. You can't get, you go to stores are empty. The shelves are empty. So nobody's ever seen a situation like this. But most importantly, we are not respected as a country anymore. 
We're not respected. And in point of fact, uh, the the institutions that uh, within the highly respected United States globally, uh, including our media, uh, our corporate America, uh, they are also diminished by the scandals and corruption that now is being exposed. Uh, And and chief among those scandals is the president's son, Hunter Biden, uh, his uh, laptop from hell, uh, as uh, Miranda Devine of the New York Post styled it. Finally, the Washington Post and the New York Times acknowledge that in that debate with you, the former vice president, Joe Biden, lied to you, to the American people and your former attorney general which I was struck by, acknowledged he knew he was uh, <laughs> lying, but didn't say a, a word. Well, Bill Barr was a nice man, but he was a very frightened man. I saw this uh, as we went along. He started off sounding good, recommended by other people, rhinos in all fairness, but they were good rhinos. And uh, there are some good rhinos, too. They just don't quite understand what's happening. But uh, Bill Barr was a frightened, a very frightened man. They were going after him uh, in many different ways for contempt. But they were, uh, as you know, by just reading the papers and reading, seeing the media at the time, uh, they were threatening him with uh, impeachment and he didn't want to be impeached. And how do you not get impeached? You just don't do anything or you don't do what uh, the president wants you to do or what other people say you should be doing. So Bill Barr was a uh, he was not a courageous man and it was a disgrace. And he let these people get away with uh, the greatest election fraud in history. And that's all coming out when you look at the uh, the mules, as they call them, people in trafficking. When you look at the ballot harvesting, this massive, massive ballot harvesting situation. When you look at all of the money, four hundred and seventeen million dollars being spent mostly in Democratic areas, Democrat areas. And you look at all of the other things that that have been revealed. Look at what's going on in Wisconsin now and Pennsylvania now. And uh, Corman and all of the people in Pennsylvania are now saying, wow, this really was corrupt. And uh, you just take a look at what happened on election night. That thing was over. And then all of a sudden, gee, we just happened to see some additional drops. Now, what happened is uh, we can't allow it to happen to our country because between we have no borders, you know, we had the strongest border we've ever had, and now we have by far the weakest. And the other thing that was revealed is our elections are corrupt. Nobody had any idea they were corrupt and certainly not corrupt like this. Yeah, talking uh, two days ago with Wisconsin Special Counsel Michael Gableman, who's investigating right. the uh, all that went wrong in the Wisconsin election. He says, point blank, uh, it was a rigged election. Uh, he thinks crimes were committed, uh, and he refers to election bribery uh, based on just what uh, Mark Zuckerberg did with $350 million and the non nine profits that moved in there and made, as he put it, agents out of mayors and election officials uh, representing Zuckerberg's interest. Uh, it's outrageous. And now <laughs> Wisconsin is in the middle of a pitched political battle because yep. you have the attorney general and the and, and the governor trying to, to, to shove all of these discoveries of corruption uh, back into a dark corner. And Gableman is having none right. of it. Uh, he's a man of immense courage to be pursuing this. 
But we know that these uh, instances of corruption, whether they rise to the point that they would have affected the outcome of the election, we I can't say uh, specifically, but I do know this. How in the world could we not have investigated these contemporaneously with the election? It's it's mind boggling to me. So Michael Gableman, as you know, was a justice of the Supreme Court in the state, and he was he is one of the most respected people. He's retired and they put him in as somebody that's just respected by everybody. He's a very strong person, a very ethical person. And I think he went into it with, you know, probably views that things must be, it, it can't be like what he's hearing. Right. And he came out with it probably saying it's much worse than he ever dreamt possible. And he's uh, he's getting his point across. And Wisconsin is, uh, he's an amazing person to, you know, to even take it on. And now the governor's trying to hide it. The attorney general's trying to hide it. They're trying to diminish it. But they can't because it's numbers. It's And, and the numbers are massive. Uh, far more, in the opinion of just about everybody that sees it, far more than necessary. You know, it was a very close election in Wisconsin, as it was in all of these places. Uh, if you look at what's going on in Pennsylvania, if you look at what's going on in Arizona, uh, look at what's going on. I mean, if, if you had a governor that cared about the election at all, you'd have no problem. Georgia would have been a, a tremendous victory. He was a tremendous disappointment, the governor. And even the legislation they passed, they don't even have signature verification. But uh, that was a tremendous disappointment he was. But uh, you look at these swing states where things happen in swing states that nobody's ever seen. And they basically use COVID or the China virus, as I call it, to uh, rig and steal an election. Uh, in many cases, the legislatures didn't approve the things that various states did. And, you know, that's just illegal. You can't do that. You're not allowed to have a politician make a decision. And even a judge can't make the decision. It has to be done by the state legislatures. And they didn't approve these things. But if you watch Wisconsin as an example, they're, they're really, they've really headed to the front of the pack. They are so angry. And the people are angry up there. They're so angry at what happened uh, you know, their vote's been taken away. Their election's been taken away. And now we have inflation. We're no longer energy independent. Gasoline's at $6 instead of right. $1.87 a gallon. I mean, look at the gasoline. It's gone. I was, I had it down less than, if you look, I had it down at a number that nobody would have even believed. We're at $1.87. We're even lower right. than that for periods of time. And now you're $5, $6 in California, seven and $8. Uh, yeah. so it's, uh, this is all because of a fraudulent election. So people are they're just not they're just not standing for it. And I think uh, some very interesting things are coming out, Lou, and you're watching it. But some very interesting things are coming out. And I, I, I want to turn to, if we may, uh, a an appearance by Ron Klain, Biden's uh, chief of staff, in which going to the issue of what is coming out, the laptop now is exploding. Uh, I mean, when George Stephanopoulos uh, is focused on this issue, uh, you know that the, the wall has cracked uh, for corporate uh, news outlets. They're finally having to deal with the issue. This was his question to Ron uh, Klain, uh, Biden's chief of staff. The Washington Post also reported this week on deals that Hunter Biden had with a Chinese energy company paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter and the president's brother. Is the president confident his family didn't cross any ethical lines? 
Uh, George, the president is confident that his uh, family did the right thing. But again, I want to just be really clear. These are actions by uh, Hunter and his brother. They're private matters. They don't involve the president. And they certainly are something that no one at the White House is involved in. Don't you find that interesting, Mr. President, that Klain made no effort uh, to suggest that uh, that Hunter Biden and James Biden, the president's brother uh, and son, were not involved. Uh, he put a, a bright line between the president and the two of them, which suggests, at least to me, that uh, the White House is now very concerned about where this is all leading. Well, and did you know that there was no follow up by Stephanopoulos? It's off to the next question. Could you imagine if that were me? Uh, it would have been uh, a grilling for the entire show. And they would have said, "We're this is unacceptable. You know, look, the whole thing. Exactly. The media is so corrupt. It is so corrupt. And you know that probably better than most. You but uh, we're dealing with a corrupt media. We have no freedom of the press. We have no freedom of speech. You know, in Russia, it's very interesting. The people of Russia don't know they're even in a war. Well, guess what? We have sort of the same thing. And when you look at New York Times, I guess the uh, pollsters are saying it was a 17 point difference and we won anyway. But if you look, take a look at the New York Times. I mean, basically, they're saying we knew all about this, but we didn't want to do it because we didn't want to affect the election. We didn't want to talk about they had all of this information and Bill Barr had it. And Bill Barr, you know, Bill Barr was uh, not a courageous person. In fact, he was gutless. Actually, if you want to say he was gutless, but they had this laptop and they had it for a long time. And it's a disgrace what happened. And it's a disgrace for our country because our country is going through things now that none of this should have happened. None of it. But the New York Times revealed that I guess they say they made a mistake, but they didn't make a mistake. They did it on purpose. They knew all about this stuff. They had the stuff and they didn't even go far enough. And same thing with, by the way, the Washington Post and same thing with CNN and the rest of them, all of them. They all knew and they worked together. I have no doubt that they worked together. It was collusion because they worked together on it. This would have been and the New York Post. I take my hat off to them. They have gained such respect. They're almost becoming the paper of record. They gained such respect during this period of time because they were the only ones that came out. And Miranda is a great reporter, by the way. Um, They were the only ones that came out with this, the only ones that came out and they came out and they came out strong and they were really injured by it. Right. They were cut off the uh, they were cut off by the big tech and cut off by everybody. But they really uh, they they were very credible. So the the media used to be almost like the police force out there. And so bad things didn't happen. Uh, But the media's uh, been totally corrupted. Over a period of time, it's taken it's taken numerous years, but over a period of time, they are totally corrupt or almost totally corrupt. Yes, I, I think you're right, Mr. President. And uh, they're corrupt because their corrupt masters, uh, their, their corporate owners have made them so. They mm-hmm. do nothing without direction, uh, as you well know, from uh, their owners and from uh, their uh, parent companies, uh, whether it's And in Disney one way, or- Lou, you wonder why. You wonder why, because you say, why doesn't our country want a strong military, low taxes? Why don't we want great education? Why do we want men playing in women's sports where records are being broken at levels that nobody's ever even thought possible? I don't know if you saw the swimming records where they break a swimming record that's been held for 11 years by 38 seconds. You know, they want to break it by an eighth of a second. The young lady thinks she's going to break it by an eighth of a second and 
A man comes along and he breaks it by 38 seconds. They don't want that. The people don't want that. And they want voter ID and they don't want to see sanctuary cities and they want to protect our Second Amendment. You know, they want all these things. I wonder why it is that these people don't want it, whether it's at the top level or any other level. Why would they want it? And our nation became a laughingstock all over the world. We're a laughingstock all over the world. And a year and a half ago, we were respected by everybody. And we were especially respected by the leaders of other countries. They respected us like they never have before. You know, as you said it earlier, uh, the fact that the UAE and uh, uh, Saudi Arabia would not even take the president's calls. I, I, I don't know that that's ever happened in American history, that a president uh, had yep. his call uh, refused by a, a another by two other nations. It's just uh, yep. remarkable. But uh, again, it goes uh, to to the leadership, to not what now appears to be a highly compromised uh, president in the mind of many who are writing on this issue right now. Uh, he appears compromised by his son, by uh, his own conduct. Uh, you, do you believe that the Chinese, the Russians, perhaps Iran, uh, are taking advantage of uh, Biden's uh, positions and his the actions of his son, if not himself? Well, I think most people do. And, you know, the Iran nuclear deal, which I ended, which was one of the great favors to our country, but also to Israel and the Middle East by my ending it. Right. it they're going to go and make a horrible deal negotiated by China and Russia. Uh, it, it's just not the whole thing is not believable what's happening. If you ever wrote a story about this or if you ever wrote a book and did this exact kind of thing in a book, it wouldn't sell because nobody would say it's possible or realistic. Uh, the things that we're doing, think of it. Russia and China are renegotiating our Iran nuclear deal. And they want us to give billions and billions of dollars to Iran. Here we go again. We did last time, as you know. Now they want to do it again. And to think that these things, and that's that's one of many. When you look at giving $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world to the Taliban instead of just taking it out, and you know, where they say that it was cheaper to leave it. Well, I could have taken 200 pilots and flown them in very inexpensively, and they would have flown the planes out and the helicopters out that cost $100 million each. Uh, it, it is just not even believable. $85 billion worth of equipment, the death, of course, being the worst. And, and we have hostages there. We have many people living there that are going to end up being and already are hostages, American citizens. Uh, you know, nobody can believe nobody can believe the border, the border, uh, the people are coming in by the millions. And these are not people. These are they're emptying out jails from other countries. Last week, they had 139 countries represented, meaning people from 139 companies poured into our border. Can you believe this? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I can't believe it because in his first year, two million illegal immigrants crossing that border uh, and middle of the night flights, chartered aircraft carrying illegal immigrants to various cities yeah. and, and towns around the country. Uh, under cover of darkness. I mean, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. And all of this yeah. is connected to one person. It is Joseph Robinette Biden. And and talking with Ronnie Jackson, Congressman Jackson, uh, a former White House doctor for you, as he was for, uh, for uh, 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 Obama and, and for Bush. 
he's called for a cognitive test and can't get a response from the White House. And and he reminded them what you did when the Democrats thought they were being cute, uh, ask you to take a cognitive test. You took a cognitive test. This is this is a media that will not support reason or the national interest or just common decency. Oh, that's how far we've fallen. Uh, and this president, uh, I, I, I would love to see the poll. I don't think that uh, I don't think that there would be more than two or three out of 10 people who would think uh, he could pass a cognitive test. Your judgment about what he should do. Well, I took it. And as uh, Doc Ronnie, who's now a great congressman, a very popular in Texas, I can tell you they love him. But uh, I asked about it. I said, Is there because they were trying to put out a false, you know, I'll speak for hours in front of thousands and thousands of people and do great. And, you know, they'll say, oh, well, we don't care. Is there a test? So I said, I want to take a test. Is there a test? And they told me about a test. And by the way, it's not easy. Uh, When you get to the end of those uh, questions, they'll ask anywhere from 30 to 35 questions. When you get to the end of those questions, a lot of people, very few people are able to answer those questions. And as Probably they gave you my score. I aced it every every question right. And they were complicated questions. The first ones are easy. You know, that's the one they show with the giraffes, the lions, et cetera. Uh, that's easy. But the, the, I think, you know, when you have a president of the United States, I think cognitive tests is, is appropriate. doesn't sound nice, but it is. It, it was a great thing when I took it. Uh, I took it. Uh, I got the ultimate, the maximum score, perfect score. And... When that was released, and this was done by a military hospital, so, you know, it's very public. When that was released, it was very interesting. All of that stuff stopped. They went on a new tack, you know. Then they said I was a dictator, I think, after that. So, you know, they they took a different, uh, they took a different tact. But uh, these are very, uh, very dangerous people. We actually have a greater danger in many respects from within than we do outside, and we have some bad ones outside. But in many ways, we have a greater danger from within the people from within that are destroying our country. I, I, I happen to be one of those people who agrees with you because I see it up, up close and personal every day is you lived it, uh, uh, for you've lived it for what now, seven years, uh, being attacked, well, yeah, uh, persecuted. Yeah. You know, I, I consider your, your presidency to be the best, uh, in, in modern history, certainly. Uh, and certainly you have to go back to, to Abraham Lincoln to approach uh, what you achieved in four years. And it's as if there was no credit of any kind given by the establishment, whether it's corporate establishment, media establishment. Yeah. I'm very proud of it, what we did, because I was attacked by the, the you know, a lot of people call it deep state. I don't even have to use that word, but we, we were attacked by people, vicious, radical left uh, maniacs, uh, in most cases, and and even rhinos. I mean, we have some very bad rhinos, you know, the Romneys of the world, etc. But yes. we were uh, attacked by a lot of quarters, and yet I rebuilt our military, gave $85 billion, he did, to uh, the Taliban, not too good, but, but we spent $2.5 trillion rebuilding the military. We had jets that were older than, I mean, the grandfathers flew the jets of young young kids that were right now in the Air Force, as an example, and, right. and bombers that are so old. But we rebuilt the military. We created uh, the Space Force, which everyone laughed when I did it. Now they're all saying that was 
that was really smart doing that because that's ultimately, you know, to a large extent, that's where that's where it's at and where it's going to be at. And they were eating our lunch. Russia and China were eating our lunch in space, and now we're leading again because of what we did. But we did so many things, and and we did them so well, and we had to go through people that were were just bad, and in many cases, people that were frightened, like like Bill Barr, and they wouldn't just wouldn't do their thing because they were afraid. I don't really blame them, but you know what? They shouldn't be there. They should get out well, and you, let somebody else do the job. I have to say, Mr. President, you've got a, a generous soul uh, because, uh, as you know, I have a much stronger view than you do about rhinos and what uh, they're uh, – <laughs> I find them despicable. Uh, you have a, a, yeah. a, a gracious space in your heart for them I, I, that I don't share. I, I, well, I do say this. In some cases, I find that uh, they're worse than the Democrats uh, that are bad Democrats. You have good Democrats, too, in all fairness. Don't necessarily agree, you and I, with them. But, you know, they mean well. But in some cases, these rhinos are worse because you don't know where they're coming from. You know, at least with the other side, you know where they're coming from. But uh, some of these people are just horrible. The Ben Sasses and the Romneys and these guys, they're just like, you know, they're, they're not good for our country. I'd like to conclude here today with a couple of questions for you on first the war uh, in Ukraine uh, and Vladimir Putin. He seems a number of uh, people, and I don't know how much is disinformation, how much is genuine and honest uh, uh, observation and, and judgment uh, coming uh, into our uh, communications from, from the area. But is he different in your judgment? Is he in any way impaired? Uh, and your thoughts about uh, the way the war is being prosecuted and the way in which the United States, it, it seemed, took an awful long time to provide assistance to the Ukrainians. So I know him probably better than I know you, and I know you well for a long time. And I've watched you, and I've watched your great success for a long time. But I, I know him very well. I've gotten to know him because of the position, and I've gotten to know you know, almost all of the world leaders reasonably well, but I knew him well. And uh, this is something that would never have happened had the election not been rigged. Uh, this is something along with inflation and all of those other things, but this is more important and so many people are being killed. And this could lead to truly uh, beyond, beyond where it is right now, substantially beyond catastrophic. It's already catastrophic, in my opinion, but this could go even beyond uh, this level of catastrophe. Right. And this is something that would never have happened. Uh, I told him, and I had had very strong discussions with him about it. He would have never done this. He was never going to pull. I actually thought he was negotiating in a very smart way, because when he put the soldiers, 150, 200,000 soldiers on the border, I said, oh, that's good negotiating. You know, he's negotiating, right? And I thought it was pretty skilled and good negotiating until he went in. Then I said, that's not good. And nobody thought that he'd be met with the kind of force. But now what he's doing is just pulling back and just bombing the hell out of everybody. And there'll be nothing left. And, you know, there's nobody even for them to fight. He's just sending in the missiles and sending in the bombs. And it's it's really bad. It's really bad when you look at what's going on. They're not going to have every city is being leveled. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's uh, it's just what angers me is it should have never happened. It would never, ever have happened. And now they're goading him. You know, they're 
saying all sorts of things and goading him, like Biden's statement today, uh, Putin will say, well, you know, look, if that's the case, I got nothing to lose. You know, it's uh, they don't play chess. They're not playing chess. And uh, we're playing we're not even playing checkers. But it's a shame what's going on. It's uh, this would have been so easy. It just wouldn't have happened. Not even a chance. And you may have the same thing happen with Taiwan because of, for the same reasons. And I actually believe it was the stupidity and incompetence and, and weakness that we showed in Afghanistan, not the getting out, because I'm the one that got us down to 2000 soldiers. But the way they got out, and we should have kept Bagram, by the way, because it's one hour away from where China makes nuclear missiles and weapons. Uh, We should have kept the Bagram Air Force Base. It cost billions and billions to build. And you know who's going to be soon occupying it? China. China's going to occupy it. It's right near China and an hour away from where they make a lot of nuclear weaponry. Uh, I want to ask this question just uh, before I ask you about China, and that is, has the White House called you for counsel, for advice, for a sounding board on these issues, these very important uh, foreign policy uh, uh, threats that we face? No, they haven't. No. That's to be stunning. Well, they shouldn't have to. Look, they shouldn't have to. Well, I didn't this have something to. should have never happened. I wish they would have called before before it happened, because, you know, we had all the cards. We had great cards. Now we don't have very good cards anymore. And, and thousands and thousands of people are killed. I think the numbers are far greater than what you're hearing, by the way. When you look at bombings of those cities and those places in Ukraine, you're not talking about hundreds of people or even thousands in smaller numbers. You're talking about big, big numbers of people are dead. It's truly heartbreaking and, and, and tragic. And and Vladimir Putin's strategic partner in all of this as well, I suppose, is uh, Xi Jinping and communist yeah. China. What yeah. is your judgment about the potential uh, for some sort of rationality in the U.S. relationships with both of these uh, countries now that they are clearly uh, expressing their uh, expansionary ambitions and being aggressors. So, as I said, a lot of the cards have been given away. We would have had a much easier time before. We would have not had all these incredible people who have died now dead on both sides. Look at the large number of Russian soldiers, etc. Uh, and it could escalate far worse than this. Uh, the cards are largely gone, but there are things you can do. One of the things you have to do immediately is get energy down because you're fueling it. You know, I use this expression about you need three things to win a war, money, money, money. And uh, it, it's true. And you look at the price per barrel for oil at records, at absolute records. There's so much money. If you don't get that down, I mean, they're making – this is a war where they're going to – they're making money if you look. Now, Russia – met a force that they didn't think they'd be meeting, but so they pulled back and now they're just bombing the hell out of everything. But uh, you have to create, a trim, you have to bring the price of energy way, way down so that they lose a lot of money. And if they, if you don't do that, the the pipeline should have never been open. I stopped Nord Stream 2, the 
the big Russian pipeline going right. to Germany and other places in Europe. I stopped it. Biden immediately approved it. I had it totally stopped. You know, it's incredible. I do those things like the sanctions, the pipeline. NATO would have been dead if it wasn't for me. Nobody ever says that. NATO's flush with cash because I went in and said, if you don't pay, we're not protecting you any longer. And they all paid up. Most of them paid up. And they paid up. And, and at a minimum, they started paying a lot more money than they were paying. But I got $430 billion paid into NATO. That would have never happened. Bush went in and didn't do anything, and Obama didn't do anything. They'd make a speech and they'd leave, and that would be the end. I said, you people are all delinquent. We're spending all this money. You know, we pay a lot of money to defend Europe. We're spending all of this money, and you're not doing anything. I said, if you don't pay, we're not going to defend you. And everybody started paying. I'll tell you, my biggest supporter is the Secretary General. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe Stoltenberg. He couldn't believe that I was able to get them to pay up. So I created or I lengthened NATO. I mean, they, they have tremendous financial resources now, which they didn't have when I started. Nobody says that. And by the way, that's bad for Russia. So between the pipeline, NATO, and all of the sanctions I put on Russia, nobody ever treated Russia like that. And yet, I will tell you, Putin, listen to me. He would have never, ever done what he's done right now. Never, ever done. And he seems to be a different guy, Lou. You know, you asked me that question at the beginning. He seems to be a somewhat different guy, even physically, visually. I think he's a different person. Mr. President, uh, I have to tell you, I speak to almost uh, no one who doesn't at some point in the conversation say, we need President Trump and we need him now. Uh, when will I be able to say uh, that we, uh, we've we got President Trump back, uh, he's going to lead the nation, uh, is our concluding question. Yeah, well, a, a terrible thing took place. Now it's a year and a half ago. A very, very terrible thing took place. Uh, and not only are the borders and, and all of the other things you see so bad, the press, uh, speech, all these, but but the elections, nobody ever thought the elections could be like they are. And because of that, we're all paying a very big price because none of this would have happened. We were, as an example, a, a great exporter of energy. We're making a fortune and ready. We were going to be double the size of Saudi Arabia and Russia combined. And then they stopped it. And now we're begging OPEC and Venezuela to give us oil. It's not even believable. But uh, I think you'll be happy. Uh, it's hard to be overly happy because none of this should have happened. We wouldn't have inflation. You know, we not only didn't have inflation, we had it better than that. We, you know, the ideal is one point, right? Not, not where we are now. Probably the real number is 12 points, but we had just slightly above, above the zero, right? Above flat. And that's the idea. It, everything was so perfect. And then even when we had COVID, we had the COVID come in, the China virus came in, and we handled that too. And we handled it great with Operation Warp Speed, all the things we did. And we handed that over to this guy. And more people died the following year than they died the previous year. More people by a lot. But uh, look, here, here's the, the news that it sounds very depressing, but... Uh, our country has a chance if we do this correctly and if we do things right and as quickly as possible, but our, our country can be 
back and we can be even better than ever because we're going to learn from a lot of these things. You know, a lot of the things that have been so bad and so badly handled, you wouldn't have been able to do that if it went through a normal, rational election, an honest election process. But now when they see how badly things are, you'll be, and this includes law and order. There's no law and order. You look at what's happening in our cities. You and I haven't even spoken about that. But look at look at Chicago. Look at these cities, what's going on, where people are being killed, like they're battlefields. And you'll be able to do things that you wouldn't have really politically been able to have done before. And we need that. You know, it may be or it may not be politically correct to say, but if we don't have law and order in our country, if we don't have borders, and if we don't have fair elections in our country, we are not going to have a country very much longer. Mr. President, uh, the, uh, the American people are sorely in your debt. Uh, thanks again for all that you have done for this country. And uh, we'll be asking you constantly for more. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, President Trump. Well, thank you. Got- and we owe you a great deal, too. We owe you a great deal because you've been a great voice for a long time. And, and you say it like it is. And you love you, the country, and we appreciate it. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Mr. President, and God bless you. We want to invite you to sign up for our Great America Show Advisory and Newsletter. Simply go to loudobs.com, that's loudobs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that. And we'll send you our advisories and alerts, as well as our weekly newsletter, I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch. Thank you. That's ludobs.com. Thanks. God bless you. And God bless America. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.